The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. So as we talk about stories, um, I'm excited about covering not just any story. And so, I don't know about you, but uh, I am not a movie buff. My husband talks a lot about the fact that he loves movies. I am not exactly a movie buff. That's not inter- It kind of makes me feel like I'm wasting my time if I'm sitting watching something. And so, I have to actually make myself spend time with him and my family and like make myself sit down and watch something. <laughs> but one thing that is different uh, about some movies to me is a great story because if it has a great story I can stay hooked up if it's relatable if it's uh, somewhat realistic um, or if it's inspiring or a story of overcoming I can sit and be and enjoy that and so um, just recently we had gone to the movies a couple of times and I was really impressed Uh, one of them was Ben-Hur and one of them was Greater and both of those movies are about great stories and um, they're so inspiring and they leave you and you're impacted by their story Um, and so you know obviously greater I'm sure y'all know about that one obviously Brandon Burlesworth was the greatest walk-on in college football history and I'm gonna be honest I live in Arkansas and have lived here for a little while and I didn't know anything about him and so (laughs) I went um, to that movie very unknowing uh, but just thought this will be good for the kids to see it's an inspiring story Um, and so we go and we watch it and I'm I'm the whole time afterwards I'm like that that was just a great story. I'm in the truck. We're, we're driving. I'm like, that was such a great story. I can't get over the fact that what he had overcome and what he had accomplished and the impact that he had made and the influence that he's still having today, even though he has passed away. So if you haven't seen the story and didn't know, sorry, that's what happened. <laughs> so, you know, some stories just make you go, Wow. Have you ever heard, you know, I'm sure each and every one of you can probably relate to a story that you're like, I went wow when I heard that. Uh, You know, some stories make you go, hmm. I know children of the 90s know exactly what that means. Uh, But some stories make you go, hmm. And so there's a story I want to talk about that just, it just has nothing to do with my uh, sermon. It just makes you go, hmm. And so in 2009, a woman in Florida paid for a 10-piece chicken nugget meal at McDonald's. And then the McDonald's informed them that they were out and that she would have to order something else on the menu. And so she said, I want my money back. I wanted nuggets. I don't want anything else on your menu. (laughs) And so they said, no, you can't have your money back. It's, you know, it's against our policy. You're going to have to order something else on the menu. And um, so she is obviously frustrated because that would be frustrating. And so she actually then calls 911. (laughs) <laughs> and she actually calls them three times to make until they would listen to her. And so this is what she was recorded saying. This is an emergency. If I would have known they didn't have McNuggets, I wouldn't have given my money, and now she wants me to give me a McDouble, but I don't want one. <laughs> so the police dispatcher then was like, this is an emergency. Like, what? It, questioningly and kind of kidding with her and so she says uh she continues to say she's trying to force me to eat something off the menu that i don't want 
<laughs> as if the woman is stuffing it in her mouth. Um, and so at this point, after three calls, the police decide that we're going to have to go over there because this woman is serious and she's not going to stop bothering us. And so they go and give her a ticket for calling 911 for no reason. <laughs> and so it's called, I didn't even know there was a ticket for that, but it's a misuse of the emergency number. And so they actually issued that citation and um, she later was reimbursed by McDonald's with a gift card. <laughs> and so... <laughs> And it just, those kind of things just make you go, hmm. Um, and so, you know, some stories that you hear make you say, what happened? Like it's so crazy and so terrible or so wow or so crazy that you just go, what happened? You have to follow up. You have to know more. Like why did that happen? And so on March 15th, 1986, um, all six stories of this hotel in Singapore. It was called the Hotel New World. It was a six-story hotel with a parking garage underneath it. And so uh, this hotel, within 60 seconds, collapses into dust. And so obviously, everybody was going, what happened? <laughs> uh, what happened to that building in 60 seconds and so there were a lot of theories and there were investigations and people were trying to find out what happened and you know after researching it and studying it the investigators determined that the engineer uh, was underqualified and he had actually not counted for the weight of the building in the structure <laughs> he had actually not even included it in his calculations and um, sadly enough that mistake cost 33 people their life that day. Um, 17 people were saved and rescued, um, but the foundation of that building was not strong enough to hold the weight that they had built on top of it. And so, you know, that was the greatest tragedy that had happened there since World War II. And that tragedy happened in 1986. And so it's amazing how one little error in the foundation of building the building changed everything and affected so many lives. And so I am talking a little bit about that foundation that is so important for us to build our lives on. There are a lot of opinions out there. There are a lot of preferences out there. But there are some things that if you don't get right in your foundation, if you put too much weight on that, it's going to fall. And so I want to talk about what that is. How does that relate to our story? What is our foundation of our story? What makes our story not just any story? And so as we um, continue, the one thing about our story that's different is that it's personal. You know, we were the ones who experienced it. We were the ones who lived it. We were the ones who cried the tears. We were the ones who experienced the heartache. We were the ones who fought hard. We were the ones who worked hard. We were the ones who lived through it. And so our story is not just any story. And if you're a believer in here or not, I believe today that this will resonate in your spirit about the fact that your story is not wasted. And your story is not an accident. And your story didn't happen without your tears being caught in a bottle by the Lord. 
He loves us, and he has a plan for our life. And there is one specific thing that is the beginning of our foundation that we have to understand before we go any farther. And the one thing is, is you were created. Your story was created by God. You're, you're created. You have value. You have purpose. And you have Jesus who changed everything in your story. And that's what makes our story not just any story. Ephesians 2.10 said, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So point number one is our story is not just any story because we were created. And I know that some of you who have been saved for 20 years are thinking, that is not very deep. (laughs) And that doesn't have much to do with my everyday life. But I want to encourage you to, that Jesus was called the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus was called the beginning and the end. If you're going to know Jesus, if you're going to understand Jesus, then you have to understand that he was in the beginning, he was in the middle, and he was at the end. Yeah, right. And so if we can't understand the beginning, we're missing a part of the story. I don't know about you. Have you ever walked into the middle of a story and you weren't there in the beginning? Yeah. And you, don't, you missed the context? And you have no idea what they're talking about, but you leave with an opinion. (laughs) But you don't have all the details. (laughs) Okay, that gets us into trouble, right? (laughs) And so I fear that some Christians may be getting into trouble because they don't know the beginning of the story. They don't understand the middle of the story and the end of the story. We have to know the whole story. We have to know him to be able to live in such a way that the Creator intended us to live. I mean, this is so vital because the enemy would love for us to believe what our teacher taught us at school. The enemy would love for us to believe that we were an accident. The enemy would love for us to believe that we just happened here accidentally. We can't really explain it. You just had some type of spinning or explosion or evolution of some type that now you're here but we don't really know why and if that is the case and it doesn't matter how we act it doesn't matter if we stay faithful to our spouse it doesn't matter if we raise our kids up good or bad it doesn't matter what we do with our money it doesn't matter where we go and spend our time it doesn't matter what we consume it doesn't matter the decisions we make if we were we have no purpose If there's not a reason why we're here, but God says that we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So that means before you were born in the beginning, he was preparing you and your purpose. First Corinthians 318 says, do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools. So that you may become wise, for the wisdom of the world is foolishness in God's sight. And I am not here to teach a science lesson by any means. And for those who are leaning towards the intellectual and you want to find out more about evolution and creation and science, I encourage you to do that. I don't really have time right now, and I would give you sources to help you find out more about that. But today, I want to focus on the fact that evolution is taught as as science in schools, and it's leading our culture to believe a thought that leads to suicide, that leads to depression, 
that leads to anxiety, that leads to addiction, that leads to purposelessness, and I know that that's not a word, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> I think you know what I mean. And so the sad thing is, is that not only the world is struggling with that, but we as Christians are struggling with that. And we got to remind ourselves that we were created. We are not an accident. We were not created to be depressed, and we were not created to be anxious, and we were not created to be hopeless, and we were not created to not have a purpose, but we were created with value and purpose to accept the message of Jesus and proclaim it to the world. And so there is meaning to our story because it begins in Him. I don't know about you, but um, I have a phone. It's a Samsung. Y'all may have an iPhone. I know Stephen Ivey uh, kind of called the Samsung owners you know, like a cult or something, or the false prophets. <laughs> but uh, me owning a Samsung doesn't have anything to do with my theology. Uh, it just, want, I wanted a bigger screen. <laughs> and so I have the Samsung. And uh, two weeks ago, my phone was acting up, like being really, really weird. And it, it, it's amazing how your life stops functioning when what you're used to isn't working. And so here I have my phone, and I'm talking to people, and they're looking at it. And of course, my husband immediately said, you got it wet. You broke it. You got to get a new one. <laughs> he, he expects me <laughs> to have had the kids do something to it or me do something to it and it not to work. And so here I am trying to double click it, and my phone is talking to me. And I'm like, why is it talking to me like randomly? Or I push a button and it talks to me. And I'm like, why did it just talk to me? And so I'm like, I've, the next day I have to go get this fixed. Like it, I can't live like this. And people, other people who are trying to get a hold of me are frustrated. Um, and so I go to the store that I bought it at. And they sit with me and we figure it out. And come to find out it was on visually impaired mode. <laughs> and so I cannot explain to you how it got on that. Uh, I know any parent in this room can probably know who's to blame. Uh, but uh, at, at anything, I was just like, yeah, can you just help me fix that back? Like, I still to this day, like, if it happened again, I would have to go back. I still don't know how he fixed it, but I'm just glad he fixed it. Um, but one thing about that is the fact that I knew who to go to when my phone wasn't working and wasn't doing what it was purposed to do. I knew what, who to go to that would fix it and that could fix it right and wasn't surprised at the fact that it wasn't working or the, how it was acting. He immediately knew what it was. And so it's crazy to think if I didn't go to the place I bought it and I went called Whirlpool instead, maybe I like Whirlpool better Maybe my friend is a dispatcher at Whirlpool, or maybe I think they talk nicer than AT&T. <laughs> okay, so here I call Whirlpool and say my phone is broken, and I don't know what to do with it, and I, I need you to help me fix this. And they proceed to say, just put it in the dishwasher, run it through a cycle, and it should be good as new. And um, of course, that sounds silly and crazy because their opinion would be wrong because they don't know what to do with a cell phone. Because they didn't make the cell phone, they don't, they don't sell the cell phone, they have no idea the value of that cell phone, and they don't know what it was purposed to do. And so, so many of us, whether we've been saved one day or 20 years, often have something broken in our lives and because of opinion or we like what our friend said that was so nice and made us feel good 
we'll go to them expecting for them to fix our lives. But we do what they say because, you know, what the maker said offended me. You know, they were a little brash or that didn't really sit well with me. But I still have a broken product. But then, yet when I go to the Word of God, the instruction manual, the manufacturer's manual, he created me, he wrote this about me, and whether I like it or not, it still got the answer to my life and my problem and my brokenness and my, my whatever it may be, he still is the source of life. And so in knowing that we were created, it matters and makes all the difference in the world that our story is not just any story because he created us. And he didn't just leave us here with no answers, but he gave us all of the answers. Good. Good. Now we may not have the answer of why that happened to me or why he didn't do something different in this situation. But I have the answer that when I get to heaven, I have hope that there is meaning to it all. And that he is a just God. And if something wrong happened to me, it doesn't matter if I receive justice here on this earth. It is already given to me in eternity. Because justice is the Lord's. You know, number two of the foundational principles that makes our story not just any story is that we are valuable, that we are created with value. And I've spoken on this many times, and every time I do, I remember how vital it is for us to know this every day, and how if we forget it, it makes our life choices different. We make decisions every day that either live up to the value that God created or cheapen the value that God created. Every day we face the decisions we're going to make, whether we're going to choose that according to the value that God's placed in our life or choose that according to the world's value or to our own value or to our friend's value. And there's a comparison game that goes on in our life that changes the choices that we make that cheapens the value of what God has put on our lives. Um, I don't know about you, but are you an Etsy follower, an Etsy buyer? Anybody bought anything on Etsy before? Um, okay, so Etsy is a phenomenon. You know, I, <laughs> but it's a total phenomenon. I know Stephen has not bought anything. Actually, he has. You bought a bracelet for me on Etsy. <laughs> and so um, Etsy is a company that came out of nowhere. They surprised everyone because everyone was skeptical about their company. And they were almost an overnight success. Of the, I mean, they're in Forbes magazine because of the success that they have brought to everyone's home, an ability to make money and to buy products that are quality. And so here we have Etsy. Their motto is difference makes us. And I just think that's interesting because see, when a consumer sees homemade, handcrafted, they see um, handmade, they see personalized, able to be customized, unique, one of a kind, not one made like it, the value goes up. Wow. Because it was created. Yeah. 
We have a society that was faced with manufacturing plants and we started manufacturing things in mass quantities and so everything looked alike and everything was alike and it was man-made in this mass production and so we got tired of the cheap construction of things. We got tired of everything looking the same and everything being the same and so we started Etsy <laughs> and now we all look like Etsy. Uh, <laughs> But it's amazing how those words, handmade, handcrafted, personalized, changes the value of an object. And so we are, our value is intrinsic because we were created and there's not one like us. We are unique. We are authentic. We are genuine. We are one of a kind. And so no, nothing compares to us, not because of us, but because who created us. You know, there was a Van Gogh painting. Uh, that was sold for $82.5 million. It was the portrait of Dr. Getchett. I don't know who has $80 million sitting around to buy something to hang on their wall. I think that is amazing, just like the thought of that, of how much I could do with $80 million. But um, anyways, but the funny thing is, I found a copy online for $24.99. And so I just want to see, like that helps me see the value came because it was an original, original from Van Gogh. Yeah. The copy looked the same. The copy was the same uh, technique, the same colors, the sa it was on canvas. There was a lot about the it like the original, but the value had changed because it wasn't created by Van Gogh. It wasn't painted by Van Gogh. And because we are created by God the Father, Amen. He, because of His name, right. our value is intrinsic. We weren't made by Nike. We weren't made <laughs> by Honda. We were made by God and He and His name places the value on our lives. Um, but you know what? I think that it's easy, it's, it's important for us to discern what the world is trying to communicate to us. When we look at the scientists who are trying to convince us that we didn't come from a creator, or we look through media and says you're not valuable if you're not this size, or if you're not this, I mean it all determines on how wide you are, how thin you are, how tall you are, how short you are, and they put value on these things that are so much cheaper than God intended and then we have the world in general and the world in general says it's what house you live in and what neighborhood you live in and how much dollars are on your paycheck and how many letters are behind your name and how many degrees you have accomplished and the value in our society has been cheapened and we have to remember that it's easy to get caught up into that even if you're a Christian even if we're a Christian, it's easy for us to feel more valuable because we have that label on our genes. Or we feel more valuable because we live in that neighborhood. Or we feel more valuable because we got that promotion. And we forget that it's all about the name of who created us. It has nothing to do with how we can copy it as best we can. It's the originality that makes us valuable. And so Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And I'm going to just briefly touch on this real quick. Our society wants to put male and female against each other. It says, well, if we are not the same, then we're not equal. But the Bible specifically puts us together in this scripture because we are of equal value. Male and female, he created them in the image of God. And so even though the Bible does specify two different roles and two different ways we were created, we are equal in the fact that we are both created in the image of God. And so the world loves to put us against each other. We have the male chauvinism or the feminism. And we have these two boxes that they want to put us in. But see, God is never going to ever put us in a box. He created us in his own image, and he told us that we were equal because he wanted to free us. And we are free to be who God's called us to be, who God's created us to be, whether male or female, not in competition with one another, but in a single purpose and goal to expand the kingdom together. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this just reminds me that no matter what we've done, and no matter what someone else has done, it's all about what he's done for us that puts the value on me and puts the value on my neighbor. That's good. You know, one thing Hitler loved to do and what he was so effective in doing was diminishing the value of life in one category. He loved to put human race in categories. And so he started brainwashing the German people category by category. He began with infants don't have as much value of life. Old, older people do not have as much value of life. Disabled mentally doesn't have as much value in life. Disabled physically doesn't have as much value in life. Races don't have as much value in life. And so Hitler used this strategic plan from the enemy, from the devil, to categorize people as if there are levels of value. He came in and said, you were not created. You were an accident. There's no purpose for your life. And these people are more valuable than these people. And so this is by no means a political message. But when we have 125,000 babies aborted every day in this world, then I think that that speaks to our culture about what we value. Because I'm not speaking condemnation to the mother my heart breaks that she missed the opportunity to hold her baby in her arms because someone lied to her and said it was an inconvenience. Someone lied to her and said that she couldn't do it and that mothering wasn't valuable or wasn't purposeful. There is a heartbreak that I understand that that baby will never know they were created with value and have a purpose and have an opportunity to impact this world. My heart breaks for everyone involved. I don't want to bring condemnation today because it's clear in the world that in the word that Jesus saved us not to condemn us. But I do want to bring light to our thought process every day and what we value and who we value. It changes who we tell our story to. It changes how we tell our story and it affects the world around us. 
But we have to remember that we were created and we were valuable and every person that we come in contact with is created and has a value. Come on, come on, come and on. that we were put in their life to speak to that creation and to speak to that value and to say, your life is not an accident. That's right, come on. That there is still future meaning to your story. Um, number three would be because you have a purpose. You don't have just any story because you have a purpose. See, um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. And I know those who are churched, that's a pretty churchy scripture. <laughs> Although it's just like any other in the word, we hear it a lot. But I think that we even have to be reminded of the fact that I can't waste my life because God has a plan for it. I can't waste my story because whatever was meant for my evil, he will turn around for my good. I can't, I don't have the opportunity to sit back and hold in my story or to not feel comfortable to tell my story or to not feel like I'm worthy to tell my story or to feel like I'm not perfect enough to tell my story or I don't have it all together enough to tell my story. We have a purpose and it doesn't really matter what stage of life that you're in. Your story today can make a difference in someone else's life. I, you know, the one thing in history that we truly can see clearly is that the devil has always been trying to steal life, kill, and destroy. Um, Pharaoh heard of a deliverer and he killed all the babies in Israel to try to stop the deliverer. We hear that Herod tried to kill all the babies because he didn't want Jesus to rise up and deliver the people. And just that, that number that we just heard, 125,000 babies a day. I don't know if you, what era you were born in, but if you've been born since 1973, just in our country, almost 60 million babies have been aborted. And so if you are here, born since 1973, then I have to believe that your life has been spared to be a deliverer and that God has a greater purpose for your life and that it seems like we're so disconnected from that number, but it's very real to God's plan. He has counted us and he will not allow our life to be wasted. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And you know, I think the word prophet to the nations scares some people <laughs> because people are like, I don't think I'm a prophet to the nations. Uh, and I don't think I want to go to another nation. And I don't know if I want to be called a prophet because most of those people seem weird. And so, <laughs> you know, I mean, reality of what our initial thoughts are. What does that mean? That we were, that we are formed in our, in, his, in our mother's womb, and he knew us. And before we were born, he consecrated us. That means he set us apart. He saved us. He delivered us. And then he gave us a purpose. Now go tell everybody that you were created, that you have value, and that you have a purpose. And that because of Jesus, it changed everything. Wow. Wow. If you're in this room and you have been saved, that is the foundation of our story that makes all the difference in the world when, Jesus, when the Lord says that you are appointed to go tell your story. 
It's easy to get caught up into comparisons. I know I have often thought, well, my story is not as good as so-and-so's. <laughs> you know, that story is more impactful, or they've gone through more in life than me. But every story relates with someone. And even if you haven't gone through the exact same thing, we can speak to each other, and we can speak life, and we can speak value, and we can speak purpose, and we can speak Jesus. And so that makes our story not just any story. 2 Corinthians 10:12 says, We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some with some of those who are commending themselves. But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. And what happens is the devil uses that comparison to keep us from saying anything. From, to keep us from reaching out to someone. To keep us quiet. And I want to encourage you today, if there's someone in this room that you say, you know what, I have been comparing my story to others. I've been comparing my life to others. I've been more focused on the fact that I wish I had so-and-so's this or so-and-so's that, or, oh, I'm so much better than so-and-so, so I must be doing good, that I haven't been doing my purpose. I haven't been telling my story. I haven't been valuing the others in my life and the people God places in my life. And I want to encourage you today. Today is the day that you can say, I'm not going to compare myself any longer. I'm going to live with purpose because my story matters. Um, you know, the last thing that we're going to talk about is that because of his story, it changes everything. You know, it doesn't matter the details of your story. It doesn't matter the mistakes that you've made. If you've had Jesus come in and set you free and save you, then you have a story worthy to be told. I know that I was blessed to hear from my mom my whole life that God loves you and has a plan for your life. And even though my story is not perfect and I went through ups and downs and hardships and good times, the thing that sustained me and the thing that got me through is that I knew that God loved me and had a plan for my life. When my parents got divorced, I knew that God loved me and had a plan for my life, even if I didn't have the answers. When my babies were born early and were in the NICU, I had to believe that God loved me and had a plan for my life and God loved them and had a plan for their life. When we didn't have any money to buy groceries, God loved me and have a plan for my life. And I don't know where you are in your story, but there is a foundation that God has set for us. And that foundation keeps us standing when the weight is heavy. You know, <laughs> this is a little funny as we uh, wrap up. You know, in college, <laughs> I went on a camping trip and Paul Kern, our friends are here. I went to Bible college and uh, we all went on a camping trip and um, they forgot me on, at the campgrounds. <laughs> uh, I had gone to the bathroom to like fix my makeup and there was another girl there that knew I was in the bathroom. Like she had left the bathroom and said, bye, see you in a minute. And she didn't tell anybody that I was still in the bathroom. And um, so I remember coming out of the bathroom thinking they were joking because they were driving off. And they, I tended to hold people up and be late, and so I thought, they're just tricking me. They're making fun because 
that's what they do. <laughs> and so then I realized that they weren't making fun and they were not tricking. And so I start to run after the van <laughs> and start yelling and, hey, don't leave me. <laughs> And I just remember thinking, I can't believe this is happening to me. Do, don't they count? Shouldn't they have counted before they got in the van? Um, and so, you know, today, as funny as that is, I really heard the Lord tell me to tell, say this scripture because I feel like someone in this room needs to hear this. It's from um, Luke 12. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are more of value than many sparrows. Right. Wow. And I just really heard clearly that this was how I was supposed to end. That if you feel like you've been missed, or you haven't been counted, or something that you have gone through has not been worth it, and has not revealed any meaning in your life, I believe that I'm here today to tell you that he says that he counts you. He counts you and he counts every hair on your head because he created you, because he values you, because he has a purpose for you, and because he sent his son Jesus to die for you and to save you and to change everything about your story so that we may tell others who he has placed intrinsic value on that they were created and valued and have a purpose, and that Jesus can change everything in their life too. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at The House, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.